Welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. How many of you guys love you some Jesus today? Amen. Uh, hey, I did want to share a couple of things. One thing I wanted to share real quick is um, because of, of your generosity, and I think this is important, um, we partner with Cindy's Hope uh, over in Kenya, and um, Cindy takes in um, uh, uh, boys and girls into her orphanages, and she took in 26 Sudanese girls. Sudan's been war-torn, horrific things have happened to these girls, 26 of them, and um, when they cross over the border into um, Kenya, they've got tons of paperwork and, and all these things they have to keep up to date, and so she was about a week out from having to send them all back uh, to, to um, Sudan, and because of, of you guys and just, just your hearts of giving, we were able to send about $4,000 over to her, and we took care of all those girls, and they can stay with Cindy now, so... You, you just, you need to hear the testimonies of what you give and where it goes, and so thank you guys for that. Um, first of all, if you're a visitor today, welcome. I know it's a little hot in here. Can somebody snag that air conditioner mic or whoever? Um, that would be awesome. You guys hot? Everybody hot? Yeah? It's upper room, folks. Let's go. Here we go. Um, so if you're a visitor, it's good to be with you guys. We call ourselves a family, and so welcome to the family. We're, we've been preparing for Easter the last couple weeks, and, uh, and one of the ways in which uh, we prepare for Easter, and I've got to give this disclaimer, um, and I'll share this in here and a reason why, but uh, one of the ways that we prepare for Easter is we've got to stuff eggs, all right? And so we have our big resurrection party on Saturday, and kids come, and you know they'll do the Easter egg hunt, and we'll tell the gospel message, and, and we'll just have a fun time. But if you guys remember, last Sunday we were handing out Easter eggs, in um, Walmart sacks, Dylan sacks, anybody get any of those? And you, okay, good. And you were to take it home and fill those up. Um, well, something happened, and so I need to give this disclaimer here um, for a couple of reasons. One, because um, I'm a little embarrassed, and, and two, um, I want you to know what, what we need from you, okay? Um, we had uh, one of a, a family, we had, they donated a bag uh, that was like a Dylan's bag that we were handing out the eggs in, and it was a bag full of women's undergarment, okay, for girls. And um, somehow that bag full of undergarment got mixed in with the eggs. And so as you were leaving the doors on Sunday, somebody got a bag full of bras. And um, I see a hand back there. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. We found them. I'll be honest with you. First of all, I hope you didn't stuff those, okay? Because we don't need candy in those. And second of all, we're going to need those back for somebody. So um, if you have no use for those, you know, ask and you shall receive, right? I, I'm just, <laughs> we literally laughed about this all week going, man, somebody's going to open that up and be like, these are not eggs, all right? So the missing bras have been found. Awesome. Let's move on. <laughs> we, we love you guys and we give first-time visitor gifts. Those are not it. <laughs> Coffee mugs. Um, it's Palm Sunday, and, and uh, so it's kind of an exciting time. It's, uh, it's significant. It's the beginning of, of Holy Week, and, and so as we talk about Palm Sunday today, I, I feel like there's a significant weight behind Palm Sunday um, that, that I want to share with you guys um, today. And so if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 21, Matthew, Matthew chapter 21, and um, you know, we, we have this imagery of Palm Sunday where 
we just saw it where the kids come out and they're waving their palm branches and we have this imagery of like, oh man, it's just peaceful and you know, everybody was just super jazzed and super excited about it and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And yet, um, I don't know if that's how Palm Sunday really was. When, when Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem, I don't know if that's really uh, how that played out. I don't know if it was really kind of this peaceful thing, and I'll, I'll talk to you about why I, I wonder about that, and, 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 and here's really the basis of it, is that during Palm Sunday, there was a collision and disruption, somebody say disruption, in life that was about to happen that would forever change the history of life. So Palm Sunday was the beginning of something that was about to disrupt every single person's life on planet Earth. And so although we like to wave the palm branches and things like that, I really feel like Palm Sunday was a, a, a disrupting of our life. And, and I would wager most of us in here don't like disruption, all right? If you're like me and, and I'm trying to work and, and finish something, if I'm trying to finish a project, if I'm trying to do something, I cannot stand disruption. Usually I try to lock in, I try to hone in, I try to finish it, and so I'm just not a fan of disruption. But I work with a lot of guys and gals that are like brothers and sisters to me. One of them happens to be my brother. And, um, and, and so Ryan, Jacob, and Matt, they, they know that I don't like disruption. My door's closed and I'm working away. And so they have this little game that they like to play, all right? And I'm a bit OCD about my office. I don't like people touching my stuff, amen? Anybody like that? And you may come and be like, well, we can't even see your stuff. Your de desk is so messy. I know where my stuff is at, okay? But I don't like when people touch my stuff. And, and, um, and so I'm, I'm, a little bit, I'm a little bit OCD, when it comes to collecting pins, all right? I've got these two buckets of pins on my desk, and I'm a bit of a fan of collecting pins. Um, if you, you could call it a hoarder if you wanted to. Uh, if you got a company that give away free pins, I've probably got your pin, and even if you don't give them away for free, just confession, I've probably got your pin, okay? Um, I just like pins, I don't know. And so the guys have developed this thing where they like to come in and they like to mess with my desk and, and if I don't respond to them, they take these two buckets of pins and they play a game where they throw them up in the air and they try to catch them back in the, in the bucket again. And here I am, I'm trying to hammer away on God's work, boys, right? And I'm literally typing away, trying to get stuff done and they're in there and they're just, they're jacking around with my pins and, and, and then Jacob has this thing where he loves to, to, to film it, but he doesn't let me see him. And so he filmed one just a couple of weeks ago and I'll show you what disruption looks like. Can you show that? Don't do it. Yeah. Okay. Don't. <laughs> Don't. Okay. I'm going to go right, you go left. <laughs> if it drops, I'm throwing my knife. Whoever drops one, it, I'm throwing my knife. Two, I'm throwing my knife. <laughs> Only one casualty. Well, that's pretty good. Man. <laughs> you still doing it? I just want you to know, I was thinking all Jesus thoughts in that moment. Love my brothers, God bless them, those who persecute you, right? I just, I simply don't like disruption, and some of you guys um, maybe can identify with that in life. We've all got our disruptions that happen in life. You're on your way somewhere, you get a flat tire, you, you know, you, you've got something you're supposed to do, something else comes in. <clears throat> we do not like disruptions in life. And this, I believe, this, and by the way, I was never going to throw my knife, all right? I just want you to know that. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> um, 
That's, I really felt terrible about that after watching it. I, this was the scene of Jerusalem. This was the scene of Jerusalem, I, I believe, when they came in on Palm Sunday. And, and I'll tell you why. If you have your Bibles, Matthew 21, let me read this real quick to you. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to a town of Bethage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead, going to the village over there. He said, as soon as you enter it, you'll see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you're doing, you just say, the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. Um, this took place to fulfill the prophecy um, that said from Zechariah, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him, threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and the others cut branches, some uh, versions in the gospel say palm branches, from their trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, praise God for the son of David, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord, praise God in the highest heaven. And then here's the key, and you can underline this in verse 10. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered, and they said, who is this, they asked. Other translations say the entire city was stirred. The entire city was stirred. Other translations say the entire city was in turmoil, uproar, uh, uh, uproar uh, turmoil. The, the entire city was stirred, and the crowds replied, it is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now just, I want you to picture this real quickly. All of Jerusalem um, is, is, is noted, noting that something's happening in this moment, and there's frenzy happening right now. There's uproar happening right now. It, it seems to be a, a long picture away from peace where you're coming in and there's just palm branches and everybody's just happy and just a big celebration. There seems to be something else happening in the hearts of people. Jesus was, was getting hype over the last three years. Jesus had been disturbing things that were the natural order of things for the last three years. The religious leaders, he'd been disrupting their control. For three years, he'd been disrupting their control. He'd been disrupting people that, that were once broken and needed healing by healing them. He'd been disrupting people who lived in the law, and he was doing things by saying that the law was fulfilled in him. He'd been disrupting people by telling them that their sins would be forgiven in him. Really, most of his ministry seemed to disrupt somebody's life in, in, in some way, shape, or form. And society would see this Jesus as, man, you either take him as he is or you don't. And so there was an uproar in the city when Jesus rode in. And it wasn't but just a few days earlier. I want to give you a history lesson for majority of actually this message for a minute. Um, it wasn't just a few days earlier that Jesus had spent time healing Lazarus. If you remember, Lazarus was dead in the tomb for, for, for three days, and, and Lazarus was raised to life. And if you remember, after that, Jesus is saying, my time is about time to, to set my face toward Jerusalem. And in that moment, all of his disciples were going, no, you can't. You can't go to Jerusalem. You can't. They want to kill you there. <laughs> If you get on your, 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 your road and you go to Jerusalem, they don't want you there because there was an uproar that Jesus had stirred in the hearts of people. One, the Romans. The Romans didn't want him there. 
The Romans were nervous because they dealt with rebellion before, and they were ready to crush any kind of rebellion. you got to believe that in that region, when you've got five, 10,000 people following you, that the Romans are taking note that this guy could be a rebel rouser, that this guy could be stirring people's hearts to maybe try to overthrow them. So the Romans didn't want him there. Then you got the Jewish leaders, of course. They're ticked. Because of Jesus' popularity, their popularity, and, and here's the key, their control. Somebody say control. Their control started to lose grasp over people. And, and so here they're thinking two things. <clears throat> One, if Jesus comes to town and he is who he says he is, we're going to lose control. And two, if Jesus comes to town and he incites a rebellion, the Romans are going to come in, they're going to crush us, and we're going to lose control. So there was a control issue in the hearts of the people. <clears throat> on top of this, it was Passover. On top of this, it was Passover. And so not only um, was there an uproar in the city with those that inhabited Jerusalem, but now you've got people that have been making <clears throat> these, these pilgrimages from all over to go into the city to celebrate this huge festival called Passover. And so the city was bursting at the seams. It was way more people than normal. And the city at this point in time was ripe for something to go down. And so there's two things that I really want to look at today when we talk about kind of the history of this. And, and the two things are, there's a power of control and the power of letting go. And both of them are powerful. Amen? There's power... In control, and there's power in letting go, and both of them are powerful. And so, really, today, um, I want you to kind of get a sense in your heart of control and letting go. And here in a minute, you're gonna have a chance to decide where you land. Verse 10 again, the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. And we have to ask the question, you know, why is the entire city in an uproar? Oh, you got some water for me. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. This is an awkward pause. Hang on. Awesome. And so we got to ask that question of why, and, 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 and we kind of answered that. Obviously, there was tension happening in the city at that moment. And so Jerusalem knew that this was more than just a, a man coming to town. There was nobody, nobody said, this is just a man coming to town. They sensed that there was something happening. And, and here's really what it came down to. There was a confrontation getting ready to happen of two powers. There was a collision course of two powers getting ready to happen. There was something happening, happening spiritually as much as it was physically. Amen, church? There was something happening in the spirit realm as much as it was a physical realm. Yes, Jesus is getting ready to come into town, but there was something spiritually charging in the hearts of people. And, and Palm Sunday on this day was an effect bringing about something to light that happens in every heart. This is bigger than Jerusalem. Palm Sunday is a representation of something bigger that happens in all of our hearts, a struggle that we all have to deal with, and that struggle is the power to control my life or let go of my life. And both of them are powerful. Either I'm going to control my life or I'm going to let go of my life. So Jesus coming into Jerusalem sets up this collision of kingdoms that has the whole city in an uproar. Let me show you why this is so important. There are many historians and, and, and biblical scholars that believe this wasn't the only entrance into the city around that time. So you got Jesus and his followers coming in, most likely from the east, while on the other side of the city coming in from the west, either on that day or around that time period, was the governor of Pontius Pilate who was entering as well. 
and both of them had a procession. Both of them had this parade that followed them. And, and, and it was common practice that Pontius Pilate or the ruler would come in during that time. And, and, and when he came in, he would basically come in as a military victor, riding on his horse, upright, all of his you know, colors showing, and he would have this huge army behind him because what they were trying to show in that time was that they had military strength, they had might. In case any of these Jews thought that maybe they could have rebellion, he he was showing them we're in control. There's nothing you can do. You try to raise an arm against us, we'll crush you in a moment. He wasn't there because he believed in the Jews. He wasn't there to celebrate Passover with them. He wasn't there for anything that had to do with helping the Jewish Israelite people out. He was there simply to show them, if you raise a hand against us, we will crush you. So you've got this path of Jesus coming from here. You've got this path of Pontius Pilate coming from here. And here in just a minute, we're about to have a showdown of two powers, two different kingdoms. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, it was a showdown of two different kingdoms because it was about to reset something in motion that had been done a long time ago, thousands of years before with Adam and Eve, amen? Where Adam and Eve traded out the things of God for the things of themselves, for control in their own life. And so here in just a few days, these two kingdoms would collide actually face to face when Jesus stands before Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate is exerting power or trying to exert power over Jesus. And he asks him, what is truth? And in that moment, if you didn't know the rest of the story, you would read that and you would feel like Pontius Pilate was this guy who had power over Jesus. But what we know from the rest of the story is that Pontius Pilate held no power over Jesus. Amen? Amen. That at the end of the day, Jesus would show the world that his kingdom come was for all eternity and not just for a moment. And so you have these two kingdoms, one representing the kingdom of God, all the good things of God, and you have this other kingdom that was representing control that's found in us, my will, my desire, my wants, my truth, my strength, all of those things that Pontius Pilate represented as he came into Jerusalem, that I've got this, it's my might, it's my power, I can do what I want to do, nobody tells me what I want to do. You guys resonate? And here's how we know that this was a tension because Jesus is in the garden just a few days later. And as he's in the garden of Gethsemane, he's face down and he's weeping, weeping so intense. And, and, and his weeping is so intense that it says there was like droplets of blood coming from him. He's in, locked in this spiritual thing with his heart. And he cries out and he says he knows what he's going to do. He, he wanted to do it. It was, it was because of his love for us that he wanted to do it. He, he says this, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. You guys remember that? Yet not my, somebody say will. Yet not my will, but your will be done. Here, here's what Jesus is saying in a moment. Like Pontius Pilate's riding in, he's saying, I don't want that control. I don't want it to be about me. I don't want it to be about my will. Father, that it would be about your will, your desire for my life. I'm letting go. Amen. And if you just look at the difference of how they rode in, we begin to get a picture of God's kingdom versus the world's kingdom. And what you see is two different things. You see, when Jesus rides in, he rides in in humility and peace. So here's Jesus riding in on a donkey's colt, and important again because he was fulfilling a prophecy of Zechariah. And we had a tow of people kind of in tow and in front of him, and they're throwing down branches and they're throwing down cloaks, and his posture is humility. Listen, church, this is woven all throughout Scripture. His posture is humility. Verse 5 says, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble. Somebody say humble. He's humble. 
Riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt, that's so important because in their mindset, and you know this, we've talked about this over the years, but in their mindset, they're looking for the warrior king, right? But yet the prophecy says he's humble. He's humble. He's coming in. He's coming in the way God would want you and I to come in. He's coming in the manner that God wants you and I to live out. So this humility is a big thing. He's coming in a humble way over and over and over in Scripture. How we come in, how we go, how we do ourselves, how we live our life out is important that we have humility in our life. Proverbs 3.34 says, God gives grace to the, somebody say it. God gives grace to the humble but opposes the proud. He came not only in a humble but he came in a peaceful way. Isaiah 9, 7 gives a prophecy about Jesus coming as well. Of his increase of government and peace, there will be no end. He's not coming in as a warrior king, not in the way they see it. He's coming in with this peace and humility. But on the other side, the other processional, the other parade that's coming on from the other side of town, they're coming in in pride and control. They're coming in in pride and control. On the other side, you got Pontius Pilate riding in on this war horse, this big war horse, and he's marching in, all decorated with his military stuff. He's showing his strength. He's representing pride and power and control. And who's in tow with him isn't some followers. It's soldiers, soldiers with weapons and with armor. And all of a sudden, we begin to get this picture of going, oh, yeah, that's right, but, but our battle's not against what? Flesh and blood. We see, man, this is bigger than something physical happening. There's a spiritual battle right now. Am I in control or am I letting go? And so this battle that's ensuing that most of us didn't get to see visually, it's about what's getting ready to happen. And here in just a few short days, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, love, grace, freedom, forgiveness, is getting ready to invade the kingdom of the world of pride and arrogance and control and selfishness. And everything that we traded the garden, the kingdom of heaven is getting ready to invade that. Amen? Everything that we gave away, the, this, 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 this peace that we had, this hope, that everything that we gave away is getting ready to come back and invade it. And we're getting ready to trade in that pride and arrogance and, self con and, and control and that selfishness. We're getting ready to trade that in for the love, grace, and freedom and forgiveness of Jesus. And so, so, so I want to, here's what we need to hear today. So, so that's what it looked like. You got, you got a parade coming in from here. You got a parade coming from here. This represents Jesus coming in. Obviously, Palm said Jesus coming in represents peace, humility, the love of God for not a moment, for eternity. And, and, and here's what it takes. I've got a Jesus letting go. It says he gave up his divine privileges. Amen. He's letting go. He's emptying himself out. He says, God, it's all about you. Whatever your will is, I'm ready to do it. And then on this side, you've got Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate's going, I'm in control. It's my might. It's my strength. I own this life. My life is my life. Nobody's taking it from me. And here in the middle of Jerusalem, right, you're going to see this collision happen. And, and here's what I want you to hear. This wasn't a Jerusalem issue. This is an issue that you and I face every single day. The power struggle of which kingdom we belong to. Palm Sunday can't be stopped, church. I want you to hear this. Palm Sunday can't be stopped. There's two kingdoms that are going to march into your heart today. There are two kingdoms that are going to parade into your heart. There's going to be a processional of two kingdoms in your heart today. And here's the thing. They will disrupt your life. Your heart will be in an uproar. Your heart will be stirred. The question isn't, will your heart be in an uproar or stirred? It will be. The question is, which kingdom will you find yourself on? Here's the problem. Here's what we like to do. We like to play games with God, right? We like to reason with God. 
listen, I'm all for Jesus. I'm all about the palm branches. I'll lay them down. I'll shout Hosanna, okay? I'll do that up to 90%, okay? But then I've got a little bit of Pontius Pilate in me where I want a little bit of strength for myself. You, you have this much of my heart, God, because I'm tired of this uproar, but this section over here, I want this for myself. Do you guys see what we do? And so for many of us in this room, what we want is, is in our human condition, the way that we tendency, our natural tendency is to go is that we follow the procession of Pontius Pilate. Yes, we love this idea of Jesus. Nobody wants to go to hell. We love this idea of Jesus, but on the other side, we also have this thing within us where we're drawn to power. We're drawn to, to have control. We're drawn to pride. Nobody loves submission. There's nobody in here who's going, I love sacrifice, right? Submission and sacrifice, man, when you say those words, even though we know it's Christ, like we'll go after those things, typically our first response is to push back. We, we don't, we don't, we, we like the control, we like the power, that's what we're drawn to, and in that, what this brings when we follow that path of Pontius Pilate, we, we find ourselves defensive, and unforgiving and, and angry all the time, and, and we hold offense in our heart and frustrated, and we get hurt easily, and we have anxiety that builds up, and we're rebellious. I'm just gonna rebel, I'm just gonna be rebellious. And we find ourselves very self sufficient. And then you got Jesus riding into a hostile city on the other side, and, and, and he shows us a different way. He's like, Look, on this side, if you'll let go, if you'll empty yourself out, and, and, and not struggle for that power of control, but the power of letting go, here's what you get. You, you get peace and freedom in life, amen? You, you get that. But it won't be easy. <laughs> it won't be easy because in just a few days, the same people, and you know this, that were holding the prom branches, and they were saying, Hosanna, praise God in the highest, you know, and they were super excited. The same people were dropping their palm branches and they were picking up stones and they were yelling crucify him why what happened in their hearts there was something about the procession of Jesus that they loved at the start until they understood that it meant letting go and leading to the cross and so when they saw that they began to jump on the side of Pontius Pilate I look Jesus we were good when when we thought that freedom was going to look like I could still have control of my life I was good when I, when I still felt like freedom meant that you don't own me. I was good when I felt like the whole savior thing was good, sa save me from the pit of hell. But now that you want control of my, Lord of my life, I've got issues with that. So I'm going to jump over to the Pontius Pilate side. And, and that's how these people laid down their palm branches and picked up the rocks because they didn't like what this meant for them. And here's what we have a tendency to do, church, is that we... We, we like the middle ground. Some of you are out there and you're going, can I just stay in the middle? Like, can I see Jesus and get excited with palm branches? But on the other side, can I still keep a little bit of control in our life? There's a really scary scripture verse in Revelation about that. Amen? It talks about being lukewarm. And, and it says, if you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, he will spit you out. And the rendering of that, he will vomit you out of his mouth. Right? And so Jesus has no middle ground. There is no middle ground with him. And so... This morning, I really feel like on Palm Sunday, yes, I want to celebrate, man, and, and, and I want to clap my hands, and I want to say Hosanna in the highest, but the reality is that there's a spiritual war in your heart right now on Palm Sunday where two kingdoms are colliding. There, there's a parade coming. There's a parade of Jesus who's saying, let go, 
Just let go. Just trust me. Let go. And there's a parade over here of Pontius Pilate saying, hold on. Hold on. You are in control. Don't let anybody steal the control away from you. And my question is just which one are you giving into today? You see, we all want a liberator. All of us. We want to, we want to liberate. We want to be free. We all want a liberator. We just want a liberator that doesn't mess with our lives. We want freedom that doesn't mess with our lives. And it's, it, it seems so countercultural, but we want freedom that doesn't mess with our lives. But, but Jesus says the one who comes to me, bids me come and die, amen? And so if it doesn't pan out how I want it, I'll just simply change which parade I'm in. There are two different parades happening, one of control and one of letting go. Something I read on this I thought was really interesting, we'll close out here in just a minute, but when it says that the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar, or it was stirred or, or in turmoil as he entered. The Greek word for uproar or turmoil or stirred, the Greek, Greek rendering of that, and I was reading this, it was really good. It says the Greek rendering of that word has been translated in what happens when an earthquake comes. Now listen to this. It's the same word used to describe Jesus' entry. The same word used to describe Jesus' entry into Jerusalem is the same word used to describe the shaking of earth and the splitting of rocks at Jesus' crucifixion. The earthquake that accompanies the angel coming and rolling the stone away in Jesus' tomb and the shaking of the guard who stood at the tomb. It's a word used in describing a shaking event in which our lives and our world are shaken to the core and something in there is destroyed. That's what earthquakes do. The shaking of this holy week will forever change who we are and how we live. Earthquakes are destructive. We all know that. The foundations on which we stand when an earthquake comes, the foundations are destroyed. Old things crumble and fall. The structures around which we've built our lives are left in ruin and rubble. Old ways of thinking, old ways of seeing, old ways of acting start to crumble and fall when our hearts become in an uproar with the procession of Jesus. The uproar stirring of this day is also the triumph of this day. The triumph of Palm Sunday is Christ's earth-shaking entry into our world and our lives that led him to the cross and ultimately that leads us to the cross as well. We, we love Easter. We love to look in the empty tomb and we, we love to see that our King has risen, man, and that's the pinnacle of who we are. But yet before we look in that empty tomb, we've got to decide which parade we're in. Because if you go looking in that empty tomb and you still want control of your life, you're gonna be disappointed, amen? If you look in that empty tomb and you see that it's empty and yet you say, but I want control of my life, there's gonna be some disappointment when things don't happen the way you want them to happen. But if you go and run to that empty tomb and you see that you've emptied yourself out, that you've let go of your ways, that you've let go of control of your life. This is the hardest thing, man, in the Christian life, letting go. That I put my faith and my trust and my belief, we talked about unbelief last week, that I put that all in Jesus and I look into that empty tomb and I see that it's empty, then all of the things that I've let go of, it's worth it. And there's liberation in me. 
that the tomb is empty, that Jesus is risen, that the peace of God is mine, that the love of God is mine, that I've emptied myself out of control, that I don't have to worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself, and God takes care of me today, amen? That something in me stirs. I don't have to vie for control anymore. I don't have to get defensive. I don't have to hold an offense. I don't have to get angry. I don't have to get mad. I don't have to try to rebel. I don't have to try to get you back. Because I've emptied myself out and I'm filled with the love of God. If we took a step back for just a minute, we would realize that if I'm gonna be on this road of Jesus, it's gonna lead to the cross. And that's what's so difficult, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then we look and we realize, if I'm gonna be in this parade, I'm going to the cross. And I'm gonna trade my life for the life of Jesus, and there's an exchange. He traded his life for my life, and now I'm gonna lay down my life for his life. He took my sin and debt. I don't have to do that. And now I can freely receive his life. Do we get that? But on this side, if I'm gonna get on my war horse and I'm gonna lead my army, then I'm gonna spend the rest of my life fighting. I'm gonna spend the rest of my life at war. I'm gonna spend the rest of my life trying to get, trying to earn, trying to be. I'm gonna spend the rest of my life trying to get value from what people say. I'm gonna spend the rest of my life dealing with anxiety and fear and wondering why. But when I'm on this side and I've emptied my life out, I get to look in an empty tomb and know that he's filled me, amen? So here's what I want you to do today. Prayer team, will you guys come up? We've, we've got an awesome prayer team that wants to pray with you guys. They're gonna be on both sides. We've got our altar up here. Here's why I love prayer times. Here's why I love ministry time at the end of every service. It gives you an opportunity to respond to which parade you're in. And if you know, and, and I'm, I'm confessing to you, control is so difficult for me. So if you're out there and going, man, I just don't know if I want to confess. If you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, he says you're saved, amen? But in that confession that he is Lord, you're saying you're not Lord anymore. In the confession that he is Lord, you're saying, I don't have control anymore. And so if that's you and you know that you're battling like, oh God, I love you so much. And I give you, I'll be in your parade 90% of the time, but 10% of the time will you give me that? If you know that's you and you just need prayer to break that to where you're emptied out and you've let go and you can look in the tomb and know that you're filled with the things of Jesus. If that's you today, I want you to come and just get prayer. If you're dealing with that today and you just want to come and have time with Jesus, you can come to the front. But I want you to hear this in Colossians 1.13 and I promise I'm closing out. For he has rescued us. For he has, somebody say rescued. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, transferred us in the kingdom of his dear son. Today you've been rescued. Palm Sunday brings us to the pivotal moment of the empty tomb. But you gotta decide which parade you're gonna be in. So I believe that, and I shared this in first service, I believe that there's some lines being drawn in the sand right now. So there's that line and Jesus is saying, which, which parade do you wanna be in? Because you can't have both can't have both and there's a stirring of hearts right now there's an uproar in Wichita Kansas 
There's an uproar in Goddard and an uproar in Cheney, in Colwich, in Derby, wherever you're from. There's an uproar right now, and the uproar is, which parade are you going to be in? And I believe this, and I want you to hear this, church. The Lord is doing something in this city and in this region. The Lord is doing something. And I believe what he's doing is, is I truly believe that there's lines being dropped. People are saying, we're tired of the old stuff. We want the uproar. It's like an earthquake. The foundations that we've built our churches on, and I'm not talking physically, I'm saying spiritually, where it's all about what we do. Those are being broken. And things are happening across the city right now where people are partnering together. And the kingdom of God is coming together. And it's causing an uproar, amen? There's an uproar that's stirring in the city, but it starts with this. I, Aaron, Wallace, you, whatever your name is, you'll empty yourself out. You'll stop being in control of your life, and you'll join the parade of Jesus Christ. So I want to pray this over today, and if that's you and you struggle with that, man, the prayer team is, is up here for a reason. Father, we love you. We declare your goodness in this place, God, and we know right now, God, that in every heart there's an uproar. There's an uproar. Whose parade am I going to be in? Who am I going to follow, Pontius Pilate or Jesus Christ? And Father, we know that one of those leads to the cross, but the one that leads to the cross leads to life because the one that doesn't lead to the cross leads to death. And so, God, I pray that this morning, if we struggle with control, if we struggle, God, of letting, just letting go, God, would today be the day, today be the day on Palm Sunday 2019 that the uproar, the earthquake in our hearts cause us to see, Jesus, that we want the things of you because the things of this world will never satisfy. We love you, Father. We praise you. We give you this day, Holy Spirit, do your thing today, right now. Holy Spirit, do your thing. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.